Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? Welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. This space is already popping. If you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world, and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today, I'm excited to have another amazing NFT artist joining the show. This incredibly talented artist came to fame in 2009 for his graffiti work on the streets of Los Angeles paying homage to the great Andy Warhol. His work earned him international acclaim, and he has since been featured in galleries and exhibits all around the world. His NFT journey has been equally astounding with the creation of incredible drops on Nifty Gateway that focused on the convergence of the physical and digital realms. From painting to sculptures to digital art, he is a true pioneer exploring new frontiers. It's my honor to share the stage with the one and only Thank You X. What's going on, man? Wow, that was a fun introduction. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'm that's, a... I think that's the best Twitter Spaces introduction I've ever had. Boom. Thank you. Uh, that's the show, guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, thank you, thank you, Ryan, for uh, coming on stage and uh, letting me do that intro for you. Yeah, no, thanks for having <laughs> me. Uh, I'm a fan of the show, and um, yeah, I'm excited that we finally got a time to, to sit down and do this. Yeah, I know you're super busy, um, especially you've you've got to have like double um, double the work because you had a lot of success prior to the NFT space. So now it's just like doubling down um, and trying to make sure that you're able to uh, continue working um, with collectors that you've already you've already had and then working in the nft space so i know you're a super busy guy i appreciate you taking the time so one one question i always start out the show with is just for you to tell us a little bit about your journey into crypto or nfts whichever came first and and where you really got that conviction moment uh in the space yeah no totally so i mean with crypto i was always um like very dipping my toes in, but never diving in by any means. And in 2017, I, you know, bought Litecoin at the top and, you know, that kind of thing and then lost it all. And, um, yeah, I, I like, you know, everyone was talking about it in 2017 and I was like, Oh God, I got to get in on this. And, um, yeah, it went to pretty much zero. Um, and then didn't really pay attention to anything crypto related until, um, last year. Um, but back in 2017, also, I, I found out about CryptoKitties and my friend called me frantically being like, dude, I saw the future and this is it. We have to do something in the space, you know. Um, and then I dove deep into it. I was like, OK, cool. Here's these weird looking cats that have sex on the blockchain and can breed. And that's weird. But people are buying them. OK, I don't get it. But I kind of understand um, how can we do this with art and not just like, um, you know, these collectibles and into the in 2020 i got uh two texts from different people um sending me the same link and both were links about um how blau had made 
a couple thousand dollars selling digital art. And I was very confused on many levels because I was like, wait, the DJ, he's selling digital art. I don't get it. Okay, wait, people are buying digital art. Okay, what's going on? This is crazy. And at the time I was very, I was doing a lot of paintings and stuff, but I was also heavy into like creative direction um, for some clients. And I was working a lot in that field. So it kind of, for me, felt like just a adjacent, and not even adjacent, like a sidestep of being like, okay, cool. Well, like, let me merge these two worlds together um, and see if I fit. I got introduced to Jan Silva, um, who uh, is an amazing photographer. And we both fell in love with the NFT space. And we, we were paying attention since, uh, he was paying attention longer than I was, but he kind of helped explain it to me a little bit more. Um, and then we, I think, met in, I want to say October 2020, and then did our first drop together in December 2020 um, on Nifty Gateway. Um, and then I was still kind of confused about what was going to happen with the space. Like people had at one point, you know, made $3 million and that was seemed like the most crazy thing I've ever heard. And I, I thought that was like the top um, for sure. And we dropped like our drop was scheduled after like a, I want to say like maybe a week later or something. And um, yeah, it was crazy. And um, at, at that point I was like, Oh my God, like this is a real, this is a real thing. There's a community here. I met a bunch of people um, on clubhouse prior to our drop mm-hmm. and just started connecting and having conversations. And for me, I was like, I don't fully get this, but here's what I think. And then people would be like, I don't fully get, you know, this, but here's what I think about this side. And we kind of just all came together and, um, yeah, then I fell in love with crypto and dove deeper into that, um, through NFTs and haven't looked back since I, I've sold now, um, traditional paintings that have no NFT attachment for crypto. Um, and I started accepting crypto as payment without any sort of NFT. And like a lot of my collectors were into that. Uh, and yeah, so I've just, I, I haven't looked back and I love it. Yeah, and I can tell um, just with how you kind of go about the space that you have definitely uh, dived deep. And it's also cool seeing some of the connections. We were talking about this in the pre-show that you were um, on here when Mondor was on uh, the show. And uh, you came up on stage and talked a little bit about your journey with him. But one thing that I think is really cool is that uh, in this space, like you said, you're able to meet some amazing friends to grow along and even though you may not understand certain aspects, other people can kind of challenge. And we talked about that on his show too, is like you really growing alongside people and creating a network um, in this beautiful web three. And so I'd love for you to talk about just kind of those relationships that formed that were really important for your growth um, in being able to understand this more than just like, Oh, this is pumping. Like I should get in on this. Like it was in 2017 to where like there was a lot more conviction about what the blockchain had to offer and like the like the the lasting impact it'll have on society. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to the point where you said like the connections made and for me this space has been all about connecting with people and um like without the acceptance and the support and the um just like help in general of some artists in the space, I wouldn't be here. And um, just having that support group has been very like impactful to my life and my career just by someone being like, Hey, like 
notice you're here. Do you want to join this discord or do you want to, you know, join this like Twitter DM group or do you want to do this? Like people reaching out to me like that. And mm-hmm. then when they didn't need to, you know, and I was just like, you know, I'd done like a nifty gateway drop and I was like talking on clubhouse about NFTs and people would like reach out to me and be like, Oh, like let's connect. And, um, you know, I, I was like shocked by how much people were helping each other. And like, like I said, like, I'm just an artist. I'm not like a dev. I'm not this other stuff. So, um, but in this space you can lean on each other and that's like my favorite part. Um, you know, if someone needs help from me, they can reach out to me. I'll help them. If I need help, like if someone has like a fine art question, I answer that for them. Mm -hmm. If if I have like a dev question, I reach out to someone else and, and they answer that for me. And I think that in this space, like a lot of people just have their, you know, a, a seat open for you. And they're like, okay, what's your question? Okay. Here's the answer to that. And it, the art world, like where I came from previously, it was like, Hey, I have a question. And they're just like, okay, well, we're just not even going to respond to you. Like he, the mm-hmm. door's closed, you know? So, um, it's a very, uh, welcoming space for the most part. Obviously like the space has changed so much, so much even since, uh, like, you know, a year ago, but, uh, I'm still very bullish on it. And the, the actual like relationships that I've made in this space are, uh, bring me way more joy and value than any sort of um like financial benefits that i've yeah. had yeah I, I we i talk about that especially when you're growing in the space and you really network in the space you really uh you really create some amazing friendships along the way and um i've i've had that same conversation with a few people that if all these nfts go to zero uh, we still have each other. I mean, there's no, there's, <laughs> I just don't see that happening. But, um, but it is true that, uh, and along the way too, it's a lot of people that really believe in this tech and um, all the money that's come into the space. It also is like this compound effect of um, success that you see your friends having, which is another really cool thing. Is because like when, when, uh, when you do well, everyone's also doing well, and it's just like a really special thing. Um, one thing that you touched on that I want to go back to is you talked a little bit about like some of the problems in the legacy art world um, and just like lack of response, um, a lot more, uh, just a lot, a lot more um, obstacles to go around to get to, to the success and going mainstream. Uh, and then you see someone like Fawocious who was selling like $700 paintings and now is like one of the highest uh, grossing NFTers around. And, and, and he's 18 years old. Um, what do you, what benefits do you see with like this new generation of artists coming to the scene? Um, uh, and what uh, they're going to be able to experience in their careers that um, a decade ago when you were starting, just as it would have never been possible. I just think um, a access, right? Like there's in the art world, there's no, it's not like a gallery or someone um, that's like a critic or, or a collector is just hosting Twitter spaces, you know, like unless they have some sort of direct gain, they're not doing it. Whereas like if, if you had a thousand people in here right now, if you had a hundred people, if you had 10 people, you'd still be doing the show. And it's not like you're getting paid to do this show. Right. Like, so if, and it's not like you're like, if you were, if you worked at nifty gateway and you were promoting a drop I was doing, then you have a direct financial gain and like responsibility to help me do well. And you don't have that. So we are just two people talking that have, you know, just a conversation and we each have our own things. But, um, 
in the art world, it's very much like, well, how does this benefit me? So like, um, that is a huge thing. And it goes just back to the people in this space, like being willing to help and just it, I feel like we all started CrossFit last week and that's all we can talk about, but it's been over a year, you know? Um, and I, I'm sure it's so disgusting to listen to if you're not in this space at all, because it's all we probably want to talk about. But, um, uh, yeah, that's, I would say the main thing is, is people don't care. People don't care about artists, um, in the art world. They like very few do. They just care about what is that benefiting them? How is that benefiting their gallery? Um, and yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people take advantage of artists in, the, in that space. And, um, I think that for the future, um, even before I was into NFTs, I saw it with just Instagram, like people reaching out directly to buy paintings, um, in a gallery, not being happy about that and mm-hmm. they, cause they want their cut, you know, um, in the traditional world, a gallery takes 50%. I don't know if everybody knows that, but that's like the very, uh, like standard, percentage is 50 percent for having four walls that you hang art on right that's insane yeah i actually didn't know that yeah so when instagram blew up um and and every artist had instagram now they're their own galleries right and so in in a small way you're still sharing like a you know like inch by inch photo of your piece but slowly and you know steadily you can gain followers and gain collectors and um and you keep 100 percent of that you know so um, with this, you get to own your destiny basically. And you can decide there's meant in, Oh, another thing is that there's unlimited space here. So it's mm, not like there's, yeah. if you don't get a nifty drop today, maybe you have a nifty drop tomorrow. Maybe you never have a nifty drop, but you have a super rare drop. Maybe you never have a super rare drop, but you have an open C drop or a foundation drop. And there's endless amounts of ways to mint your own stuff and sell it. Um, it's still up to you to like get in front of people. Mm-hmm. For me, the way that I originally got recognized was putting my art on the streets and there was no instagram at the time so i just put my art in the streets because that's what i grew up liking i liked graffiti and street art so that's what i did and people found me through that um but now it's like you know you have platforms like twitter spaces and people can come on stage and ask questions and kind of like talk about what they're doing and so i think it's just the benefit of of like uh the younger artists uh, that you know maybe aren't at the level of ferocious but are you know super talented and just haven't had their shot yet is they if they just remain part of the conversation and are engaging with people people will start to take notice and yeah i love that and i mean i think what i took away from that is just like there's so much less friction it's just like there's there's so many less um like hurdles to to go over to really be able to make it you're you're able to create like this, there's this ecosystem that's inherently borderless. And so you can start building immediately and like being able to network and community build and put your art out in front of people without having to worry about um, negotiations and who, like how do you, how many people you can get your eyes on your work, stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's really, it's really cool to be able to hear kind of, um, your journey and seeing like your reflection on what the blockchain brings, what the space brings that um, wasn't necessarily available even, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, what, what barriers um, are put in place in like the legacy art world that when you look at the blockchain, you're like, you can, it's easier to overcome 
uh, there's a lot of people getting in the space now, a lot of artists that um, struggle to get work sold, and there's still like these challenges, right? But what is it um, about necessarily getting a start or being able to kind of network or build um, uh, and just the tech behind blockchain that um, makes it so unique um, in order to be able to like cut out the the middleman and cut out like some of these pain points in the system? Well, I want to start by saying that um, like, I don't think everybody should be an artist. I don't think everybody is an artist. I don't think everybody should be selling NFTs necessarily. I think that, um, you know, a lot of people come in the space because they see dollar signs. But, you know, I, I don't think there's many artists that started to like pursue art because they're like, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be rich. Like I'm going to start painting so I can become rich because it's literally the stupidest idea ever. It's like, you know, you, you, there's no choice of being an artist. You just are. And I think that you, uh, you have no choice, but to create. And so the blockchain is just another branch of that, whether you're painting in your room or you're, um, designing, uh, a 3d, uh, scape or whatever. It's like, these, these are the things that we were doing anyways. Um, whether it's, whether we're being paid or not. And so the blockchain obviously enables a more, uh, like financially free system and payment method. But I don't think that like, I, I'm against when everybody says like everyone's an artist, da, 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 da. I, I actually don't believe that because you have to be willing to make $0 and you have to be willing to, um, just do it because you have to. And then if something happens, then that's a different story. And like, you can obviously like lean into things, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I love the financial, like how, okay. For instance, you sell a painting in a gallery, a, you don't know who bought it. The mm-hmm. gallerist won't tell you. Um, most of the time there's obviously rare exceptions, but the gallery doesn't want you to take their contact from them. Um, they don't want to tell you who it is because then they could go direct to you and you get a hundred percent and then cut them out. Um, so there's that. And even when you get paid, you sell a painting at a gallery, you only get 50% of that. You don't know who bought it. So you can't continue that relationship for future. And the gallery doesn't pay you right away. They take their time and they like, you know, pay you when they pay you. Um, that's my experience. I can't speak for all galleries across the world and, and every artist, but, um, you know, with the blockchain, it's like, okay, cool. Uh, Amir bought something. Okay, cool. Great. Amir's now DMing me being like, I bought your piece. And I'm like, oh my God, I look at the blockchain. He owns it now. Um, so all of that stuff is instant. And I think that just, uh, blows the entire system out of the water. Um, I didn't realize just how secretive, um, some of the like work with galleries, um, can be, uh, it makes a lot of sense because they, they realize their, their spot in, in what they provide to you is like a consumer base. Uh, and so they need to protect that. And it makes a lot of sense you're, they're monetizing, um, you, uh, just like, you know, Facebook monetizes its users. Yep. So it's interesting. And, and what I love, though, is and like... I do want to say, I, yeah. I do want to say that it, there's a lot of situations where that's great because, um, you know, I don't think that it's... Uh, I'm not into... I'm also not like anti-gallery by any means because mm-hmm. um, I just think that the system will shift to be kind of like a more fluid relationship where it might be more of a management type situation that maybe like sells your work for you or an agent type situation or someone that helps kind of like advise you 
rather than being like, I'm your gallerist, then you have a manager or an agent. And that, you know, so, um, because I think that you, where we always say like, this cuts out the middleman. And I still like, for me, I have an agent and I would never cut that agent out because she helps me tremendously. And, um, helps bring me opportunities and helps when I have a vision, she helps like connect the dots for me and bring it to life. Um, so I'm not like anti middlemen. I'm just anti like kind of useless middlemen. Yeah. you. I like that yeah. clarification too, because like if you're a builder in any space, like you're like, if you're trying to build um, in like, and you're successful and you grow like you're going to need you need a network of people to help you because otherwise it's just as overbearing like there's certain things that as humans like aren't our skill like you said some people yeah. aren't an artist like you may be an artist but you're not you know like you're not into the business side so you want someone to help you manage that 100% and, and, I'm horrible at scheduling <clears throat> so like I need I need to like make it very clear in my calendar that there's something going on at that or else I'll just totally forget and then like remember at like three in the morning, Oh fuck, I missed that thing. <laughs> yeah. And so if I didn't have someone else helping me or like, uh, you know, those are just the things that I, I'm not good at. And so, um, yeah. And again, like there's also certain galleries that if you're associated with them, like if the Gagosian gives you a show, then it's like probably worth the 50% because of what they're, they're going to change your life, you know? So, um, there are like, obviously those, those, life-changing situations and i i speak in blanket terms but i don't mean like absolute by any means so mm -hmm. I, I do want to clarify that i'm not anti-gallery yeah i'm just like my experiences with galleries has been not the best um i've worked with some great galleries too but um yeah what has it been Blockchain like definitely gives you that freedom and i think that you're seeing like galleries like pace gallery um you know really pay attention and they're diving in in a big way so it, i'm actually curious to like what the gallery's role is going to be in this space like now like are they just gonna all be their own platforms that's that's kind of what i'm curious about yeah it'll be interesting to see how things evolve i always use the um analogy of like how blockchain or uh blockbuster and hollywood video like eventually they just they just like didn't they ceased to exist because they couldn't innovate and so you see some galleries starting to think um about how they are going to change things and they want to continue to stay um, relevant. And then there's also, there's always going to be a certain need for certain galleries as well. But it's, uh, it's interesting to see like the evolution of art um, happening in our generation, because I think in 10 years from now, everything will look a lot different. And so the people that are thinking ahead now are positioning themselves um, for the long run. And, and if you don't have a vision like that, you just end up getting smashed, uh, like Blockbuster yeah. did back in the day. Yeah. And I think with this um, too, like even the galleries that are paying attention now and like whether it's a gallerist or a, you know, a manager or advisor or whatever it is that are kind of paying attention now, like I think we need to be a little forgiving, um, of them also because they are coming from this other world and artists as well, you know? So like, I, I think that like not every move you make is going to be perfect, uh, in the sense of like, Oh, why did you over mint that? Or why did you do that platform? Or why did you, do, you know, who, why'd you collaborate with that person? Like, I think that um, a lot of people are going to make a lot of bad moves. It's not going to look bad in the moment, but uh, I think that it's important that we, as a, such a new space, have to kind of like um, accept that, like, you know, a, a pace gallery is going to come in and maybe we don't agree with the way that they're rolling out their strategy, but 
they're trying their best and at least they're here and mm-hmm. not all galleries are, you know, so, um, I don't know. I just think that it's like more kind of like wait and see what happens if they continually to like, uh, do bad things. And like, if, if a gallery's like, you know, lying to artists and being like predators, then that's a different story. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah. That, I mean, you see that too, like some, uh, some maximalists for like crypto natives that started talking shit when like Sotheby's and Christie's got in, but they're really trying to, to innovate and, uh, it shouldn't be something where you're immediately like, like, like saying that they, they shouldn't be here because they're really, um, they are looking to change things they do. And so I'm glad you said that because I think, and also, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Like when you say, yeah, they, they shouldn't be here. It's like, well, if you're saying people don't be, don't like shouldn't be here, then you actually don't believe in NFTs in general. Mm-hmm. Because the way I look at it, it's like you're just looking at it from like an NFT, maybe like art standpoint. But like every business will have an NFT strategy at some point, whether that is selling art or selling you know uh, tickets or something. Everything will be through the blockchain, and, and like maybe an NFT will be called something different. But like when people are you know anti brands and anti these people coming into the space, it's like, well, yeah, of course, everyone's going to come into the space eventually. Like you tell, you sit there and scream from a mountain how great this is. And then you get mad when people join. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is like, it seems counterproductive and it is, uh, it, it is fascinating too, because if anything, those of us that are here early can also help the be mentors and try to make sure and, and kind of protect the integrity of the space as people come in, um, and so it is like we're given a unique opportunity to help kind of guide and uh, and make sure that the space kind of evolves as as it should. Um, but like just putting up barriers ends up it never anything good comes from that um, in like the history of civilization. So in order to really innovate, you got to con- constantly like open your arms and, and try to be empathetic and learn, too. And so I love that you uh, that you touched on that. All right, I want to I want to touch on um, one thing that I know you spoke on a little bit. Um, NFTs. Uh, you even said earlier, like they may not even be called NFTs at some point, but they've already just in the short time span that we've been active in the space. You know, from early last year, NFTs have evolved, right? Like there's so many mediums now, and so it's important to recognize. And people are starting to talk about it more, but NFTs are not all created equal. They're not, NFT is not an NFT. You know, like every, there's art, digital art, there's these generative um, community profile picture projects. So what, what I'd love for you to talk about, because you are, um, you, you talk, talked a little bit too earlier about how you're, um, you're into fine art and you are, you're creating really special work. And so, what has it been like seeing the evolution of like these generative art projects, profile pictures? Because back in like March and April, when you were first starting to get involved in the space in 2021, these things really didn't exist yet. And so there's the, there's definitely like, I feel like this tension with some one of one artists with this, that kind of space. But I'd be curious what your thoughts are seeing like that evolution. Uh, and thinking about the long term, because in my mind, I think like there's different niche niche opportunities in the long run for all of these different things. But it seems like um, it, it's uh, it is fascinating to kind of hear um, people's perspective on how the space has evolved that have seen it kind of transition into what it's become today. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, 
if, if you just dumb it down, it's Pokemon cards versus uh, a Picasso. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place for both. And as you can see by my profile pic, I have a dead fellas. Um, I, I love the PFP projects. I think it's great. And I think it helps expand the space. If you look at like Jimmy Fallon is interviewing the biggest artists in the space people on the show. And he talks about, um, how he worked with moon pay to buy a board ape. And I think that's like huge, you know, like it's, it's culture. And, um, yeah, there's that. I don't think that it's, you don't see many people making an art piece as their profile and taking on like kind of the persona of someone else's art piece. Right. There's obviously like, um, a lot of people will do it with like a pack cube or something like that. Um, but it's very rare that you're going to see someone kind of like use, um, I, I can't think of something like a fuck render piece as your profile picture, right? Like some people will, but you're not going to put a crisp, like not everybody has like a crystal, right? Cause then it, it just doesn't like, like you have the, you have your cat, right? And like, I'm sure there's a reason why you have that. And the reason I have my dead fella, I saw this guy and I was like, oh, he's, he's got a black hoodie. He's got an orange beanie. He's got sunglasses, he's got long hair. This is me. I changed mine to be paint instead of blood. Um, but you know, I think that you get to be yourself and you get to like find what represents you. Um, I see two rips God in the audience and he's got a skeleton with sunglasses smoking a joint and you know, like that represents him. And so I think that it's harder for art to represent people, but it's easier for art to like, uh, tell a story and, and give you a feeling. And I think that's the main difference. I'm, I'm a big fan of both. And I think that there's room for both. I don't see the either or i see just and for me for me personally yeah yeah and i i mean have you noticed um have you seen kind of uh i think this goes back to what you were saying about being an artist because i think when you're really an artist like your focus if it if it's just because you're getting in the space for money like you can kind of start to to feel those people out because they just get frustrated they're like why can i not sell something um but but the collectors of art are out there it's just they're that a lot of the people that get um kind of entrenched in this space especially early on are a lot of these people because the blockchain is inherently a financial ecosystem they're in it to make money so they're looking for the things that have high liquidity higher liquidity high volume and so you know these pfp projects make sense for some of those i do think as we start seeing people creating like generational wealth through flipping you start to see them exploring some of the fine art side of things that they expect they don't plan to flip they plan to hold for years and years and i have some of that myself um and so i think that I think that, like you said, like we'll start to see people. I mean, when they when when finances aren't a problem and you're not thinking about, oh, I, I need to make more money because you you're selling an ape that you bought for 0.3 ETH for a hundred ETH. Like you're um, what you start to look at in the space starts to change too. And I think we're getting closer to a point where we start to see that. But I think it's a good thing to go back to because you talked about that, like. Like, um, like if I, I talked about this with one of my, my friends that's a gutter cat, uh, just about like creating in this space. If I were to have done a show like an alpha show or a show that was like a shill space for people to come and talk about their art, I would just hate what I do. Uh, so you really have to find like what you enjoy. If you're going to do something and you're really not getting paid or, you know, even if there's a chance to monetize it down the road, if you're doing it strictly for that, like there's like, you shouldn't be in that space. You should 
be focused on trying to find the niche that you really enjoy that allows you to unleash your creativity with the world. And I love that you brought that up earlier because I think too many people are like trying to force themselves into spaces in in the in this ecosystem, uh, and it's uh, it's preventing them from really figuring out where they do create value and where they could um, create uh, substantial value in the long run for the space. Yeah, totally. I think that everyone just, um, you know, you, if you do what you love, that's the best thing. Obviously, if you can make money from that, that's even better. Um, yeah, I, I understand that there are flippers in the space and all that stuff. And if they buy my piece and they're not happy with the floor, you know, if, if they buy like an open edition off Nifty Gateway in March and the floor goes down, they're like, what are you doing to raise it? And like, I totally get that, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, I think that if you're buying art, you should like the art. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say I, it's not my place to tell people why to buy anything. Um, for me personally, I, I buy art because I like it. I don't buy stuff if it's like a one of one or like an from an actual artist. Um, I buy it cause I like it. Yeah. Um, if I'm buying a PFP, I have a bunch of shit projects in my, you know, in my wallet that I don't love. I think are trash art, but I buy them because, um, I don't know, like I'm with someone and they're like, oh, did you buy the, you know, the, the space cat, uh, high space cats gutter, you know, whatever, like the dick crypto butts, dick butts, something I, I, I do have two dick butts. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, like I think that, uh, you look, you're seeing these artists and it gives them a chance to be in on the conversation. Whereas like, it's, it's like, we're sitting there like almost as like venture capitalists, but buying art instead of uh, investing in uh, startups, right? Yeah. But instead of, and in, in a venture capitalist is going to invest like a million dollars in a startup in hopes to make, you know, 10 million or 100 million. But um, someone, an artist can be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I've sold some NFTs. Maybe I'll buy like a board ape, whatever this thing is. It's minting at, you know, 0. 0.4 or whatever it was. Uh, what was it? 0. 0.08. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so oh, maybe you know what? I'll I'll buy a couple of these. People are talking about them, you know, and then it gives you a little bit of financial freedom in that sense. So I fully support it. I know artists who have made hundreds of thousands of dollars flipping um, flipping PFPs. They they can only afford those PFPs because they're selling NFTs. Mm-hmm. And so I think it just gives us an equal playing field um, in that side, like playing with investments with a little bit more financial freedom. I love it. You've uh, you've done a really good job of like creating an ecosystem. I saw you were just posting um, about a, a, a giveaway that you were doing soon too for I think it was for collectors. Um, but one thing that I was curious about is that in the fine art space, uh, even before you got involved in this, uh, I know there's a little bit of like, like you think about how much art you put out, what kind of things you're putting out every year, because you don't want to saturate the market for for your art. Um, How does that transfer over to this ecosystem? Have you, do you think about, I mean, you're, you have so many more creative tools when you think about the blockchain, because you can track where all of your collectors are, which is so cool, because then you can do things um, to reward them, like giving them uh, like a raffle to get a special piece, which I know you've done. So I was curious uh, what your thought is when you entered this space, thinking about kind of 
the ecosystem you're building. I know Beeple, he hasn't really dropped anything since uh, spring of last year. And even before that, he was saying that if he was going to do another drop, it would he would continue to kind of create a more limited supply. So I was curious, when in, in an artist's mind too, do you think kind of about like, uh, the ecosystem and and the economics um, and and was it similar or different to you know before the NFT scene was it similar thoughts that you thought about when you put out art in like galleries? Yeah, so yes and no. Um, I think that like if you if you think about the regular art world quotes in quotes um, like that's normal time and a year is you know, 365 days, whereas in NFTs, everything moves so fast that I feel like we're in almost like dog years or something. Um, But so I I don't think it's the same, you know, one to one. Um, However, there are definitely a lot of similarities, right? So I think you just consider a one of one would be just like selling a painting. And then an addition is like selling prints. Um, you can limit the prints to 50. You can maybe these prints are more expensive because they're bigger or they're, um, you know, they're signed. Some are unsigned. Maybe these ones come framed. So I think it's just, um, in, as like a commerce side, I think that's like very the same. And, um, so, so I, as an artist, I was always, you know, limiting what I was putting out and you don't want to do five art shows a year. Um, you want to do one or two maybe. Um, and then maybe some group shows in between and maybe like a couple other like private commissions and stuff like that. But you're not trying to make a hundred paintings a year. Um, I mean, good for you if you're selling a hundred paintings a year, that's great. But like long term, if you're looking at like a 10 year long career, what makes it special if like, you know, for the past two years you've made a hundred paintings a year and you know, it, you're just easily, it's, it's easy to get to you and it's, it's accessible to buy one of your paintings. You want to have it raise in value, you know, for the people who invested in you. Um, so I, I've always believed in scarcity and I still believe in scarcity. Um, even, and I think that the argument of doing something like an open edition or, um, even like a, some sort of like bigger collection, I think that you just have to like set it apart in a way that doesn't feel like like the rest and um for me like early on doing open editions on nifty gateway obviously like some people hate that some people love that but the way i look at that is uh it opens up your audience to um people at a at an easier like input or like easier like entry point so if you can if someone wants to buy something for a couple hundred dollars that's cool that's still a lot of money but they they maybe can't afford the one of one or the the limited ten edition or the twenty edition, but they can afford you know that you know three three hundred dollar four hundred dollar piece maybe, and maybe they take that three hundred four hundred dollar piece and they end up selling it two months later because you're working hard to build your own um, I guess like brand or whatever and your your art becomes more valuable they sell it for like six hundred dollars maybe, and now that person has six hundred dollars and. Now they can maybe afford, you know, someone else's limited 10 edition or limited 20 edition. So I think it's, um, I think it's like short sighted to think about scarcity applying to every art piece. And I think that I'm bullish on additions in a big way 
because I think it's a great entry point for people to start. Because if you, if day one, if there was no such thing as additions and NFTs, then like most of us wouldn't be here. And most collectors wouldn't be here either because um, they, you have to start somewhere and you're not going to like day one go and buy like a, a $20,000 NFT or something because that's just way more risk. I think you have to like get your feet wet first. Um, but, and I also use the, the comparison, like when I was a kid, I might not have been able to afford going to like my favorite band's concert, but I still had like maybe their poster on my wall and I'm just as big of a fan of that band as the person who was sitting VIP buying all the merch. I just didn't have that same money or whatever, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're a bigger fan than I am. So I, I believe in, uh, inclusivity in that aspect um and then for one of ones though i i believe limit the one of ones i love that i think uh i think sorry, sorry i went off in a no i think everything about what you said makes a lot of sense and i hope um i think people that i think your experience um in the art world also uh, brings a really unique lens, especially maybe to a younger audience or people that don't have as much experience. So I appreciate you kind of walking through how you think about it, because it is um, in any sort of in any sort of uh, supply and demand situation, which art is very much so like an ecosystem with supply and demand, you have to think about those types of things because of the longevity of your career. And so I just, um, and because like you said, you want to bring vet, you like, you don't want to saturate a market. And then um, basically if someone did want to sell your piece, like the, the value of it's basically worthless because you're just like put out so much stuff. And so I just love it. I think that you're um, like how you think about the space is really cool. Uh, all right. Two yeah, I just believe in it long term, right? Like I yeah. believe that it's it's for a lot of people. This is their first time selling art, so they're looking at it like like right now, and this is their entire tree. Whereas I think that this should be a branch of their tree instead of the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna see the space continue to evolve. Like you said, we've seen it evolve already so quickly, and I love that about how you talked about additions. I mean, it makes sense why. Um, why these PFP generative art projects, they're pretty much, they're very like similar to additions um, when they mint, because you never know what you're going to get, but then they're all, you know, have these unique traits that make them valuable or whatever. But I mean, in, in the same way, like these people are wanting to be able to have like an early, uh, like a cheaper access point, which is why they're so popular and why they, uh, they get a lot of these projects mint out. Um, and so it makes a lot of sense. People want to get in yeah. the space. Do you know how I've made so much money, not so much money, but I've made a good amount of money by buying open editions and then holding them for a while and selling them later. Like, oh, yeah. I've got a few ferocious pieces I paid, like, I think they've gone up six to seven times in value and they're open editions. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, like, I, I owned a bunch of fuck render pieces that I, and I sold off a couple of them uh, when he was launching his crystal project. And that's, like, insane. Like, I mean, he's he's bringing like a lot of valuable of a lot of value to his collectors, even at the open edition level. And I think that's what you have to like, remember is that it's, um, it's, it's not just like a, a whale game here, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. But shout out to the whale in the audience right now. I see it. Any, yeah. I if some whales <laughs> get ready, some, the speak, whales, yeah. speak to those whales, let them, let them hear the voice of, uh, thank you X. 
So I'm going to ask a couple more questions, then we'll turn it over to the audience. So if you have a question in the audience, we're going to go to Community Corner. If you have a question, you can post it up on top, um, but you can start hitting that request button, and I'm going to be uh, bringing some people up here in just a little bit. So please uh, get your questions ready. So before we do that, um, while we're waiting for some people to hit that request button, I'd love for you to talk about kind of the evolution of what you've seen in the space, especially um, when it comes to things like the metaverse, um, a lot of the tech that's evolving. I'm sure, you know, in the background, you've been uh, exploring because you've done such an amazing job of kind of converging this uh, digital and physical pieces. And I, I really, I actually was bidding on your nifty gateway with the paintings with the uh, the screen in them and wasn't successful, but I love those those piece of artwork that kind of combine the two. Um, when when you think about the future, you already talked about the digital like galleries that are starting to pop up. There's a, where you don't have a limit on the walls, and um, so I'm I'm sure you're bullish on the metaverse. I'm curious what you think um, and what you if you're uh, actively kind of working and building in in the metaverse space and uh, kind of what you what you're excited about um, going forward, even just in the next six months to a year. Uh, with what you've seen um, evolving in in the 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 crypto and Web three space, yeah, I definitely am bullish on the metaverse. Um, I'm not sure exactly like what I'm going to do there yet. I'm having some conversations. Um, I don't love any the look of any metaverse right now. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, for for my art, I don't think that my art fits with any current metaverse that I've seen. Um, I like going into central land and, and like wandering around, but um, for me, it just, I haven't found that spot yet. And like I said, I'm talking to some people, uh, what I'm bullish on in web three. Um, I mean, so much <laughs> like, I think, uh, I think there's other chains out there that um, we're going to start to see artists, posting on or selling on and um yeah like i'm 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 big on solana i I think that solana will be a big chain this year right now you only see pfps and kind of like um mostly bad you know projects but i think there's also a lot of good projects and i think that there's about to be a lot of good like one of one art on there i think that there's some i'm like bullish on some platforms that are launching that are kind of like focusing on art rather than just like a collectible mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah no I th- i'm honestly i'm just bullish on the opportunity that it gives to to creatives and collectors and everyone in between um yeah i love yeah. that you said that because i think it is it's so fascinating I mean, like we talked about it before the show being like a magnet and it is like uh, every there's just so many industries. You see attorneys starting to kind of come into the space. You see accountants seeing a need for like some help, uh, especially during this time of year. So you just I mean, like if you're if you're like a crypto NFT accountant right now, you're it, probably like that's like probably the most sought after. Yeah, thing, I think, ever. <laughs> Everyone is, is so confused. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what's going on, and uh, they need them. Um, so it is. It's so fascinating because there's just like different skill sets, and everyone's going to be able to find uh, what they enjoy in the space and how they can add value. And it's just, um, it's it's really exciting times. Uh, and I'm excited that you're here because. Um, you, you just have a really good outlook. You have really, um, good experience, uh, leading you up to this, this, 
place. And so I just love hearing、um, your outlook. And I think hopefully a lot of people will learn、uh, from, from your journey. And I appreciate you taking time to come on the show, man. I really do. So、um, I if I you're mean, ready, I, I want to say that like, I'm, I'm learning from everyone else too. And we're all learning together. And it's not just like a me or you kind of thing. It's like, it's us. And、yeah. I think that like this space exists because we're all in it together. And obviously, the space is about to get like a lot, a lot bigger. And I think if you can kind of just like link arms with the people that you've been connected with and that you've been helping and that have helped you, that's going to be your best bet、um, to like、uh, survive the storm that is like the general public getting into NFTs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's、uh, definitely true when you think of the saying like a, a tide lifts all ships because it's like, When you create a pact with、um, other people in the space and you just grow alongside them、uh, and you help them out and you become friends,、um, it's just like the sky's the limit for all of you because you're all going to help elevate each other and、um, do something special in the space. And you've seen it with kind of this initial wave. With NFTs and in the Web3 space. And I think、um, there's just going to be wave after wave of that happening. And I think that's what's really cool about this space because it's just like there's unlimited, when you think of how small the space is, there's just so much room for continued growth.、Um, it's just like this, this extremely high growth industry right now where,、um, where it's just exciting to see what's going to happen. So, All right, let's go ahead and turn over to some questions. We've got a few people requesting to come up. This is time for Community Corner. So if you have a question, hit that request button. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. And we have a fellow artist, Jack, up on stage. Jack, thanks for coming up. Welcome. Jack, are you there? Oh, hi, hi. There we hi, go. Hi, How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah,、um, thanks for coming so I, up. I'm, I'm an, sort of an NFT artist now. I've just gone into the space. I'm based in New Zealand, and I've got a few sort of questions, I guess,、um, about coming up and you know, being new to the space. It's、um, you know, a privilege to be up here speaking.、Um, yeah. My question basically just is.、Um, Currently, with my NFTs, I, I minted and sold my first NFT only last week.、Um, I'm pretty new to it. And what I've been doing with my practice is taking my physical artworks and basically animating over them and, and converting them into this digital artwork. And you know, I combine it with music as well. And so, what I did at this,、um, I went to an NFT show where I sold my first work and、um, I sold it along with the physical artwork. And so, I've got this sort of you know, dilemma now where I don't know. The best approach and you know, the pros and cons of, of selling physical artwork along with the NFT, you know, combining the two. Is it, is it dumb to essentially give away one of the other? You know, I can sell the physical artwork at a gallery show you know, in the real world for X amount of money, but then selling an NFT, do I, do I double the price if it comes to the real one? Do I, you know, what, what would be your advice for combining you know, digital art with the physical art? Yo, what's up, man? Big fan of your work, actually. I love it.、Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think that, I mean, For me personally, I also come from the physical world. So I am heavy into you know, having a physical element to it.、Um, I don't think you double the price necessarily. I think that you generally let the market decide、um, what the price is, it, unless you're doing like a buy it now kind of thing.、Um, but people might, the price might get doubled if you're doing like auction style because people see the value in having two.、Um, I've yet to have this problem, but I see it being an issue at some point when someone wants to sell one or the other. 
Um, mm. Like, for instance, you buy a painting that has like an NFT attached to it. You want to keep the painting, sell the NFT. Um, I personally don't have any issues with that. And I know that there's people that are like somehow linking them together. I don't still don't understand how that can like be regulated. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't think you should double the price. I think you should let the market decide is my like, you know, quick answer. But um, and I'm also just like, I, I think that there's a lot of people that don't think a physical is necessary in the space. But if sure. you think about um, the the market that hasn't even shown up to the NFT space yet, that are people who buy art, buy prints, buy sneakers, you know, all these things like those people will want a physical um, yeah. for the most part. And I think that you just have to find what you're um, comfortable doing and what like reacts to the uh, to your collectors, you know. But um, yeah, I think that. Uh, I've seen it work two ways. So when I've done stuff with Nifty Gateway, um, I sold a series of paintings that had screens built into them, like uh, Carl was talking about earlier, and I sold it as an NFT, and then you get the physical with it. Right. Um, and then last October, I did an auction with Sotheby's, and we flipped it to where um, – you you actually buy the painting and then you get the NFT with it, and I think that it just really depends on who you're who you're talking with and who the buyer is, because if you're a traditional art collector, you've heard the word NFT, you haven't you don't fully know it. Maybe, you know, it it sounds too confusing if you say yeah you have to buy the NFT and then you get the painting. They, that sure, might stop yeah. them right there. Whereas if you say you buy the painting, you get the NFT, they understand at the very least. Okay, I get this painting, um, and then you know they can figure out how to set up a MetaMask and get the, the NFT later and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm bullish on on the digital physical combo. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's an awesome way to sort of bridge the gap between the fine art world, you know, the, the sort of traditional art world and then this NFT world. I think it's just such a unique way of, of overlapping those two different communities and sort of bringing together. Yeah, totally. Um, but, and yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to, like, dive deeper on DMs if you want to hit me up. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Uh, I love the connections that happen sometimes on the show. Uh, thanks, Jack, for coming up, too. Really uh, you, great man. question. Well, next, we got... Yeah, um, Jack's, Jack's an amazing artist. I've been following him for a yeah, while. Yeah, I saw you follow um, him, too. So that's Really a, big TikTok um, audience as well and do, doing really cool stuff over there. I don't love TikTok, but I, I found Jack on there and um, doing, you know, n- not just doing, like, dance stuff. So it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Jack, again. All right, next we got um, an artist and collector, Ryan Hawthorne. What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on stage. Yeah, Ryan Hawthorne is also big on TikTok, but for dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, kind of my, it's kind of my thing. Um, <laughs> just, just kind of build out, diversify the, uh, the portfolio. Yeah, um, what's up, Ryan? What's good, dude? Yeah, I well, first off, love the conversation. Crazy Carl, thank you for, for uh, or <laughs> crazy Carl, crazy about crypto. Thanks for, for uh, uh, hosting the space. Uh, second off, like, uh, Ryan, like I guess my question to you is like, is like in terms of coming from the fire art world, how do you like think about in terms of less of like a, a, a physical counterpart to an NFT, but actually like more experiential kind of builds around specifically like an NFT. Like I remember when we were in New York, um, I think at like the proof party, like you had this cool projection map kind of image. Um, I, I'm wondering if you see kind of more like dynamic versions of canvases coming into play as nfts kind of bridging that like physical and digital world less of like a counterpart but like that is the actual piece itself 
and if that has any value. Dude, you know who's been doing physicals with digital for a long time is MP Cause. So he builds these structures that are essentially like a uh, like a tower, if you will, um, where there's screens on all sides, and each side is a lenticular screen, and he codes it so that it's like there's I want to I don't I'm making it up with like you know 50 angles on each side kind of thing so that it moves with your eye basically. Um, I think those kind of things are going to be the future. And like you saw, so early on people reached out to him when he saw what he was doing and, and was like, Hey, that's cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then now you see people at Christie's selling for 69 million with a bigger version with, you know, a full production behind it. So I think that you're seeing these things play out in real time, uh, where you're seeing innovative artists, uh, or sorry, artists innovating and just growing with what they're doing. Like you, what you're saying at the proof of party thing, um, that was a series of three projectors on a sculpture. Um, and yeah, that was for, for that one, there was no sale element to it. It was just, um, uh, like a display, like a, you know, a sculpture at the party. There was no, like, it, it's a piece I had already sold actually. So, um, it was just to have it on display. I think what I'm big on is like, I think there's gonna be like a big element of ticketing type things where, um, you get access to proof of party if you're a holder of the proof of party NFT or things like that. Um, or you get to go to a, a friends with you museum show for free. If you own one of the NFTs, I think that's like, um, a big element of things, uh, moving forward as far as like, you know, other use cases for them. Um, and as far as like screens and stuff, I think, I don't know. I think like in the next year, like people are going to start blowing our minds with what they do with innovation. Oh, man. Thanks. Glad you expected. Thank you so much for coming up, Ryan. And another great question. We're uh, two for two, uh, Ryan, so far, so this is good. All right, we got Andrew up on stage now. What's going on, this, Andrew? Thank you for coming on one, stage. This one better be good. This one, yeah, the pressure's on, man. Um, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> um, first off, as someone who was lucky enough to have been friends with Ryan for a long time, I just want to say every, you know, everything you said about kind of this space and being helpful to others has been like the most true. He used my gateway drug to this space. And the reason that I now spend way too much time, I'm sorry, um, having fun in it. And, um, you know, anytime I've ever needed anything, um, you know, and it's true, like just looking around and seeing how much people are willing to help each other. has probably been the thing that I like the most But my questions actually just, you know, you mentioned Solana being a place that, you think could you know be on the come up for more kind of you know interesting art and one of ones and additions and stuff that isn't you know pfps um are there is there anything you've seen so far that you think's you know cool and interesting on there is there a platform that you've seen on there that you feel like you know could start you know curating interesting stuff i've just i haven't seen anything yet but i'm super bullish on solana and really excited to see stuff happening so i'm just curious you know what you're seeing Yes, I also want to add that Andrew has a very large collection of my work that I've probably given to him over the years, um, like over the last decade. Um, he said that one day when I die, he's gonna have a museum show with my old art. You don't, um, you don't have to die. Why are you dying? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Scenario. Just more hype, more hype. Um, no, I think that I'm. I, I've only dabbled in in Solana. I've just had a lot of conversations about it. Um, so far, I've bought a lot of Magic Eden, um, which I think has 
doing like really big numbers, which is like fun for people. I, I don't care about that, but like they're doing like open sea type numbers, you know, or, you know, close to or gaining on them or something. Apparently um, there's a, an art NFT platform launching soon called form function, which I think is, is going to be a big player. I want to say that they're kind of like, maybe like a foundation of um, Solana. And then I think that moving forward, you know, you're going to see OpenSea will have a Solana section or you're going to be able to buy on OpenSea um, Solana projects. And that's that's kind of like my thought or even like Nifty Gateway. All these things will have kind of some sort of Solana tie to them, I bet. Or there will just be like a white label version of Nifty on Solana or something like that. As far as projects, I've seen a few projects that I like. Um, I don't want to name them because I don't want people to buy them based off of like me collecting them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of... My personal taste is that I like a lot less on Solana right now. To me, it feels like the Samsung copying apps from iPhone at this point. Um, But I think that moving forward, one of ones that are going to be big there. I love I that's love awesome. what you said too because there's like this ecosystem. That's a great question. You uh, did not disappoint because Solana is something I've been thinking a lot about too lately. But as um, these waves continue to come in, there's going to be a lot of investors that come into the space, uh, and they're either going to there's going to have to be different routes because um, because not everyone can pay like a lot of in gas fees if that's not a problem that's solved soon and so there's going to be like these different ecosystems like if you've been in for a while like you probably are using ethereum but like the next wave it may be um a lot of people coming to solana and um there's just going to be different ecosystems that thrive and it doesn't mean that like ethereum might may always be kind of the one that has the most volume because um, the biggest money is going into that space. But all like, like we talked about earlier, like the tide is going to rise. And so that means all of these platforms um, beyond are also going to rise with it. And so I think it's uh, exciting to kind of explore that too, because um, it's really, you also see it with like wax and all these other uh, blockchains that um, have kind of innovated and got rid of some of the problems uh, and and tension points of Ethereum, so so it is. It's a uh, it's really. I love people bringing it up and asking questions about it, Andrew, because it's uh, it's something that is definitely going to be evolving even more in the next year, especially as uh, creators and content creators are going there um, for those audiences, uh, because I think that's what's starting to happen. So you're going to see more unique projects coming out. Yeah, I, I fully, fully, fully agree with that. And um, yeah, I think that like when I, I remember buying someone, I was at a dinner and someone's like, oh, you know, my friend has this project on Solana and I like laughed at him. I was like, oh, oh Solana. But then like you think like that's just kind of what we've been trained like in the NFT space is like that ETH is the only way. And I, I think that like and then we make fun of Bitcoin maxis, right? So it's like, well, then you're just being an ETH maxi at that point. And then it's like, if we were set in our ways, then we'd still all be spending cash and having like normal bank jobs. And, you know, so like the reason we're here is because we are like seeking innovation and seeking something different. So why not be open to new, new chains? And uh, I'm not saying that like every chain is going to work, but like you have to be open to the possibility that, that they will work. 
Yeah, and and who is building on those chains means a lot too, and I think that's what we're going to start seeing too. Like the what is being built on some of these uh, other chains is where, where the magic really happens because as soon as uh, as soon as you have you know a big artist dropping a one of one on a different chain, that's a big deal. So it'll be interesting. I think um, I think I think the time will be a good test uh, of of how that evolves. But I definitely think we're going to see a huge evolution uh, evolution um, this year. Thanks, Andrew, for coming up on stage. Really appreciate you. All right. We are going to start wrapping things up. So before we end, uh, uh, Ryan, thank you, X. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time. I wanted to give you a chance. Um, if you wanted to leave any, uh, you know, parting thoughts with the audience uh, or anything that you've got coming down the pipeline that you want to discuss before we kind of close things out. Yeah. Um, well, I do have some stuff coming up. I can't really talk about it fully. Um, but yeah, I have some stuff coming up. <laughs> All right. So go follow, go follow. Thank you X. So that you, uh, can stay in the know about what is, um, coming down the pipeline that can't be talked about. You know, that is, yeah. uh, it is funny. I do want to say I'm bullish on, on dead fellas, heavily bullish on dead fellas, um, heavily bullish on sad girls bar. Um, the, those two collectibles I think are, are big. I think sad girls bar is very slept on, um, project. I think it's one of my favorite projects, uh, aesthetically. So I just do want to give shout outs to those. I have no financial ties to those other than um, that I've bought them because I like the art. I love it. Um, actually, did you say Sad Girls? What was it? Sad Girls Bar. Sad Girls Bar. I'm going to go check that out so after good. this. Yeah, so I, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've seen the art or not. Um, there's so many projects that come down the pipeline now. It's hard to keep track. Deadfellas is uh, amazing. Um, I actually still need to to get one, but, uh, I, I have not heard of uh, sad girls bar. So I'm gonna have to look into that. I appreciate you, uh, giving them a shout out. All right. I want to give a huge shout out of gratitude to thank you X for coming on the show to chat about his journey so far in the web three space. The crazy about crypto show does not accept paid advertisements or paid requests to come on the show. The quality of guests and educational content provided is essential. This show is run by loyal listeners through the establishment of the Crazy Carl Collective, where 100% of the Genesis NFTs are rewarded to listeners for the next two years by actively engaging in learning and listening to the show and helping build the growth of the collective. Web3 allows us to give value back to the consumers, and I thank each one of you for joining live tonight to help learn about the innovation that Web3 brings to each of us and challenge you to continue learning and growing in this space. As a reward, we will give one spot away tonight to a new member for joining and learning in this space with us. So if you're not in the collective, please just reply to uh, the show post why you'd like to be in the collective, and we will uh, DM a winner later tonight. Also tonight, if you're in the collective, please head over to the Discord after the show to attend uh, a game night after party hosted by Doge Alliance and um, Franco. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.